The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Hey now, it's Mike Gilbert, host of the Mike and JD Show, right here on the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network. Join JD by God Oliva and myself every Thursday night live on the Voices of Wrestling YouTube channel at 11.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time as we stay up all night discussing all the hottest stories in professional wrestling. You can also check us out right here on the Voices of Wrestling podcasting feed or you can subscribe to the Mike and JD Show feed. Now, enjoy the show. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Welcome to Jumping Bomb Audio. And welcome back to Jumping Bomb Audio, the number one show all about the world of Joshi Pro Wrestling. My name is Taylor, and I am joined, as always, by my good friend and co-host Kelly. Kelly, hello again. Hello. I gotta, I gotta hear. I gotta know what's going on in the world of IWA Mid South in 1998. <laughs> Taylor, what have you been watching? So I made a decision. Uh, well, I made the decision a while ago, but then I fell off of it that I was going to watch every all the um, old stuff on IWTV um, that they have from pretty much the years of the 90s to probably around 2004, which is sort of when I got when I was sort of paying attention to that. So I've seen a lot of it. Um and I'm currently in the year 1998, and that means I'm watching a lot of very early IWA Mid-South shows, um, which are very interesting. I'll put it that way. <laughs> um, I just watched the show. It had five matches on it, and the show was like three hours long oh, because God. before every match, someone would come out and cut a promo that would be like you fans. And by the speaking of you fans, it would be like it was like 15 people in the crowd. <laughs> so it was like you fans, you don't know any you don't know good wrestling and deathmatch wrestling is the only good wrestling there is. It got to a point where for the last two matches, there were two women in the crowd who chanted for one of the wrestlers the, the entire match. In in a largely otherwise silent auditorium. <laughs> um, the main event was a 
barbed wire cage match. The most recent show I watched was a barbed okay. wire cage match, but the cage was um, just pieces of wood that had been, oh um, good, I believe, sort of put together. Don't worry because no one went into the cage because most of the action was people sitting center ring, like just laying on top of each other. Oh, okay. You know, it's classic cage match. So, you know, just getting uh, getting a good quality education about all the uh, hottest workers of 1998, as nice. one does. Yeah. Did you see that they, uh, on IWTV, uploaded some more All Japan women's stuff in the past couple of days? I did see that. It doesn't, there doesn't seem to be a lot of rhyme or reason as no. to when they upload because that happened a few days ago. I would think they would do it like at the beginning of every month, but it just seems like maybe they get some and they put them up. I don't I, know. Yeah, it's either that or someone finally gets the time to digitize some tapes or something. <laughs> but it feels like they're largely shows that are already available on yeah. YouTube. Um, I know that there was the All Japan YouTube channel that got talked about a couple weeks ago uh, oh yeah, yeah dave Meltzer mentioned it in the um observer but it seems like those are just rips of already available shows hmm. um so people are now unsure if it's an official channel or if it's just someone using the name and uploading shows <laughs> um but anyway we're not here to talk about wrestling history we're here to talk about wrestling present and everything that's been going on in Joshi, which will be highlighted this week by our big review of Stardom's biggest show ever, Stardom All-Star Grand Queendom. We will talk about that. We'll talk about some other Stardom stuff, and we will preview a number of shows coming up for the Big Japan Golden Week. Before we dive in, got to get to the plugs Follow us on Twitter at JBombAudio. You can follow Kelly at ComicGeekKelly, and you can follow me at TameAimbo. Subscribe to this podcast on your podcast app of choice. And if that app of choice happens to be Apple Podcasts, we'd really appreciate a five-star rating and review. And if you're feeling extra generous, you can donate to the show at RedCircle.com slash shows slash jumping dash bomb dash audio so we're gonna dive right in to stardom's all-star grand queendom show from april 23rd at the yokohama arena 5,539 fans paid in the building and as recently announced uh, in the wrestling observer newsletter there were about 6,500 people in the building so about a thousand People were comped in. Dave Meltzer had a lot to say about the show. He said, falls into the great category, but debated whether it was better than a number of shows. Before we get into those shows, Kelly, what'd you think of this show? That's such a Dave quote where it's like, it was great, but I think there was several better shows in the course of history. <laughs> no, not even in the course of history in this year. Oh, I see. Okay. Then that's, um, that's, 
that less weird. That's a less strange thing to say. But I will say I do think it is a show of the year contender. I really, really did enjoy this show. Uh, but I also have to say, fuck NFTs. We don't want that here. Get that out of here. Uh, I have to agree with you on both points. I thought it was easily a show of the year contender. Maybe. I mean, I would have to look back. I don't have like encyclopedic knowledge of all the stardom shows right at the top of my brain, but it has to be at or near or on the top of stardom shows. It was very, very good. Yeah. I think I would, I would say it's probably their best. Like I'm just thinking back thinking of the other big shows they've done i mean i think it's the best of those but i don't know maybe there's a show in the past that i'm forgetting about now that i really liked yeah like maybe they had an insane kurikin or something at yeah, some point that isn't coming to my brain or something like that uh dave Meltzer said falls into the great category whether it was better than wrestle kingdom uh, Revolution, AEW Revolution, the first night of WrestleMania, Elimination Chamber, or Keiji Muto Last Love is subject to debate. Now, I would easily say the show is better than at least two shows that Dave mentions. Yeah, I I think that right now, for me, the only thing that's in competition with it is AEW's Revolution. I think it's, it was better than Wrestle Kingdom. I think it was better than the Mudo show. And I think it just easily destroys anything that WWE's put out this year. I agree with you. I think my thought about it is I think overall sort of match to match, if you're taking in every single match on the card, I think it was the best show of the year. But I think individual matches on Revolution, like the best of the best on Revolution, to me, were slightly better than the best of the best on this show. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Like to me, the two highlights were the um, Moxley, Adam Page and Danielson, MJF, which I think were just a little bit better than the matches I like, which it's funny because we're going to go through this in a second. My opinions, and I, Kelly, I don't know if we'll line up or we won't line up. My opinions are different on a number of matches, having gone through and seen a lot of reviews of the show or talked to people and what they sort of enjoyed, in that I enjoyed some matches much more than other people and enjoyed some matches much less than other people. So sort of got to the same endpoint, but with different um, matches. So I won't give away which matches I really enjoyed but to me dave mentioning elimination chamber that show stunk <laughs> yeah that's insane to me like i'm look i looked at cage match because i was like am i just misremembering this show because it was a show i remember watching dave it was a five match show dave gave four matches at least four stars he gave four and a half to the men's elimination chamber and four and three quarter to the main event, which does not line up with the cage match ratings. What was the main event on that show? The main event was Rain Sami Zayn. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, for example, he gave four stars to the uh, women's elimination chamber match. The match guide rating on cage match currently is 6.61, which is like a three and a quarter. Yeah. 
Man, yeah. I don't know. I might be the outlier on Roman Sammy, but I two and a half star special. <laughs> you know, the mix they had the Beth Phoenix Edge mix tag. Ugh. Dave went four stars. The cage well, match edge, rating edge is in there. <laughs> yeah. The cage match rating edge. is six point nine five. So those are sort of wiped out. You know, people did like the men's elimination chamber, eight point six six. But Dave went four and three quarters on the main event and the match guide rating is only eight point three two, which is like what, four and a quarter. So that to me, I'm like not even close. And this WrestleMania night one overblowing. Man, I don't get it. It is, was, is wild. It's a fine, fine show. It's a good show when you think about in the past when a lot of WrestleMania shows are absolutely dog shit. Yeah. But then to also call it like I saw people going like it's the best WrestleMania and you're fucking out to lunch if you think that. So, I mean, this is dismissed. I mean, the Mudo show, very, you know, it's a big it deal. It had cool stuff. It was a big deal, and the top of the card was very good. Yeah. You know, the Congo, um, All Japan stuff, the, you know, Okada, Kaito, obviously the Mudo retirement. Met. Like, that stuff was strong. The undercard on that show was not good. No. Um. So to me, I agree with you. It would be between um, this and Revolution for my show of the year. I think pretty easily. Yeah. Um, but anyway, let's get into the show. Starting off with the pre-show Rumble match. Won't list everyone who was in the match, but the winner ending up my Sakurai ending up winning, eliminating... I believe Kelly's initial choice to win the whole match, super strong stardom giant machine. Uh, you know, so you, it was, you got it's close. It's going to happen. Yeah, I got close. I was almost there. Uh, Kelly, what'd you think of this opening rumble match? It was fun. It was a fun enough rumble. Um, really, my only big takeaway is that I don't know how I feel about Hanan's new look. Oh, interesting. Uh, I, I feel like her previous look was fairly distinctive and this just kind of like, I don't, I don't know. It, it reminds me of someone else, but I can't place who it is. Well, speaking of looking like someone else and not being able to place who it is, Hanako to me looks like someone else and I can't put my finger on who she looks like. Hmm. Like I see her face and I'm like, you look like, someone and i can't name them yeah no i don't know uh so that was that was one of my big thoughts um i like this i thought it was good i thought it was much better than the um historic crossover rumble which i thought was incredibly boring yeah Uh, i thought this one was fun you know i'd like to see more like people coming in not just, oh, here's the 20 people on the roster who don't have anything to do. Like Kikataro. Okay. Don't go that far. <laughs> but like seeing Momoe. No, no. Seeing Momoe was really great. Uh, I wrote in my notes if she was a full-time roster member, she'd be probably in the top five in terms of in-ring talent. Um, even though she's been wrestling for so many years. Uh, good time to hear individual themes. 
I really liked hearing Lady C's theme, which we don't get to hear a ton. And Yuna Mizumori, Mizumori listened to this podcast. She heard me, and she brought back her real gear, not that yep. big green gear. Yep. So that was good. Uh, but yeah, probably one of the better rumbles they've done, but still nothing that was all that exciting. Yeah, it it accomplishes what it needs to. It comes out. It's it's a whole bunch of people having a fun enough match. That's all you need for a pre-show like this. Yeah, and I think on a big show like this, their biggest show, I think it's good to get everyone on the card and have oh them, for sure, you know, have them be able to do something and not just be sitting in the back thinking, oh, I'm missing out. Yeah. Uh, the next match was a eight-person tag match. The quartet of Oedo Tai, Momo Watanabe, Natsuko Tora, Ruaka, and Saki Kashima defeating the Club Venus trio of Jesse, Mariah May, and Xena, who were tagging with Tekla, winning Oedo Tai winning in nine minutes and 54 seconds. Kelly, what did you think of this match here? I thought the match itself was good. Uh, I was a little surprised at the result. I thought Club Venus would pick up the win here. And then with them not winning, I was surprised they didn't turn on Tekla <laughs> and blame her for losing the match. I thought, I thought something was going to happen there, but no, they just kind of all went to the back and went about their day. Um, I finally figured out uh, uh, the definition for Natsuka Tora. Okay. She is the definition of a hat on a hat. Okay. Just you look at her and you're like, I think maybe one of these things you're trying to do might work, but you're trying to do like six things all at the same time. <laughs> It's like the weird gear, the the face paint, the hair, the that I'm like there's so much going on, none of it really is working. Um but anyway, I don't mean to de- belabor the point which many listeners already know how I feel about it. D- but the thing is, I do feel like Ruaka is the better version of her. <laughs> and you know how I feel about Ruaka. Yeah, I think it's simpler. I think she's simpler in that it feels less like I'm going to try a million things all at once. It's just sort of like the hair is blonde. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Um, Tekla came in at one point and really just destroyed Momo, <laughs> um, which was the highlight of the match. I thought this was a lot of fun. I thought it was well-paced. It got a little bit sloppy at points but it was okay uh i was surprised by the finish because i thought tecla was gonna win because i thought the whole push was gonna be ah she doesn't want to be in club venus but like they worked well together yeah it it was just very strange that they went with the route that does like nothing yeah but then it was sort of like well she didn't want to be in the group and they didn't uh compete that well because they lost so it's like (laughs) okay status quo remains yeah that's it was the end of the sitcom episode everything has to go back to how it was the next match was a tag team match the team of azumi and mesaruga uh taking on starlight kid and may sierra and starlight kid and may sierra 
emerging victorious in nine minutes and 49 seconds. Kelly, I'm going to let you go first. Okay, uh, first off, I loved that Azume came out with one of May's cape things and immediately fell down. That was so funny. <laughs> uh, this was the perfect match to open the show with. Like, just to officially open the show with, I should say. Just super high-energy match, super fun, constant high-speed action. Like, this was an easy four-star match for me. I was really happy with it. What about you? Well, Kelly, I talked about how I was way different than many people on many of these matches. This was the first one, which I okay. knew I knew I would be on this one. Like watching it live, I was like, I am going to be very different. I went four and three quarters on this match. Okay, okay, I see. Um, At first, I thought you were going to be like, this match sucked. Yeah, <laughs> one and a half. <laughs> no, but we, we talk about this every time. This is like my style of match. It's oh, my favorite sure. type of match. This was crazy. Um it was just like, go, go, go. Cause I thought, oh, they're going to come out. They're going to do some fast stuff at the beginning and then they'll settle in and do a couple minutes of sort of like standard wrestling. But it was like pandemonium from start to finish. The camera was like whipping around, like blurring as they're trying to catch. There was one <laughs> point when a pin was happening and the camera was on the pin and then the camera like jerked to the side. I think expecting something to happen and nothing happened. It was just like a weird moment of like, oh my God, like a cameraman panicking, like holding the camera being like, oh, where's the next thing coming from? Uh, so it was just like a match, a perfect match for me that I loved. They got in. It was 10 minutes long. They went out. They did a lot of great stuff. Here's a question for you, Kelly, which I wrote in my notes. Okay. Who was the worst worker in this match? Oh, fuck. Um... <laughs> this is not a trick question, by the way. This is just yeah. like something I was thinking of because I couldn't think of an answer. No. I'm like, they were all really good. You know, May Sierra, who was Meiho Shizuki back when she was in Marvelous, I thought that she was one of the best wrestlers around um, in Joshi. She was so good. Glad to see her come back. Glad to see her not having lost a step. Um, but yeah, I was there just is like, no ring rust. I was like, everyone is so good in this match. Like, and it's crazy. And they're all very, very young. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't, I could, I don't have an answer. There are like WWE singles matches that have an older combined age than this tag team match. Because <laughs> the combined age of this match is like 80. Yeah. It's, it's, oh, wow, yeah. She was gone for like a year and a half in between yeah. matches. Jeez, yeah. what a match to come back with. Uh, so I just thought it was great. This was the match. Uh, also, shout out, I like the uh, Starlight Kid Liger uh, yes. mask at the beginning i thought that was really cool but just a great like you said a great match to kick the show off uh i was really digging it um just great and i was like yeah here we go here we go and that like hyped me up because you know the first two matches the rumble that the eight person tag i was like okay this is this is fun you know it was good to hear the crowd i liked the stage setup that they had mm -hmm. that felt a little different than what they usually um do did the did the scroll on the ramp bother you at all? It's funny because I think I saw someone tweeting about it that was like, can we turn that off? 
and I think I looked at it a couple times, but it didn't really bother me. It would catch me at certain times where all of a sudden I would just catch myself like staring at it. And I like, I feel like I'm watching someone play Guitar Hero. I think it showed up briefly enough that it didn't ro- bother me in, in the fact that that camera angle that they used, it wasn't like they were sitting on that camera angle. It would mm-hmm. sort of be like, okay, now they're in the camera angle. I would sometimes notice the ramp and then they have already cut away. There was one bit, I think it was, I want to say it was the main event when they were, yeah, they were doing stuff on the ramp and it made them look like they were running faster when they were running in the direction that the thing was going. (laughs) I was like, that was kind of a cool effect. Oh, and we got a, we got a shout out our uh, good pal, Chris Charlton for shouting us out on the show. Oh, that's right. That you're absolutely correct. Thank you for reminding me. Yes. uh, Chris Charlton mentioning us on the English commentary, which is very much appreciated. Um, Thank you very much. I listened when I first watched the show, I watched um, with the Japanese commentary. I did go back and watch a little bit of um, some things with the English commentary once it was uploaded to um, Stardom World. Uh, And I thought very good. It was very clear to me that Chris Charlton was prepared you know, he was someone who clearly did the research. Oh, um, yeah. He had had that thread before the show where he was tweeting um, about each of the matches, like one match a day, which was really great. So I thought he was really good. I hope they bring him back for these big shows. And you got to give credit to Mariah May, who jumped on commentary uh, unexpectedly after Momokogo got injured, um, you know. It's not easy to do that, especially when you don't know you're going to do it. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I hope they have more, you know, maybe they probably won't have it for every show, but I hope they have more English commentary on some of these shows, especially with Chris Charlton, who I think is a good, you know, it's not just some random person. It's someone who is established already um, and has some crossover with your other brand in New Japan. So, mm-hmm. yeah. The next match was another tag team match. The Queen's Quest duo of Miyu Amasaki and Utami defeating Hazuki and Fuachan in 14 minutes and 19 seconds. This was another one. I re- My first note was, what the hell? This was also great. <laughs> um, it felt to me, and this applied to the matches before and also the matches ahead, it clearly came across to me like people were really amped to be wrestling um it felt like a thing where there was an energy where people were coming out and clearly putting a lot out there because they were like we want to impress this is a big show it felt like a big show um but i really liked this match uh there was the sequence where utami took a suplex right on her neck at one point and then she hit Fuachan with a lariat where Fuachan did the same thing, landed on her neck, and that got spiked with that DDT by yes. Mamasaki. That, um, that clothesline bump was insane. It was like just a sequence of people being like, well, here we go. And that was part of the thing of like amp where people are like, yeah, I'll take this like right on my head or right on my neck. I was like, <laughs> whoa, they are, they are going for it. I really like this. I went four and a quarter stars. Um, 
So I just thought it was a ton of fun. You know, Fua Chen, supposedly this might be her last match. Um, I don't know. Maybe she comes back again. Who knows? Who's to say? I thought, you know, wasn't perfect, but I thought she was very, very good. This is my second favorite match of the show. <laughs> I loved this. I thought it was fantastic. I was just like legitimately flabbergasted at how great it was. Uh, all of the sequences between Fuachan and uh, Utami were tremendous. I really think Fua might be one of, if not the best celebrity wrestlers ever. <laughs> Because I don't know who else you would put up against her that she wouldn't beat. Like, fuck, this match was great. I also went four and a quarter on it. I I thought it was fantastic. In between the this match and the next match, there was the announcement of the five-star Grand Prix, which will be arriving before we know it. There was also um, a video about the Meltier single, that has been released. Kelly, have you listened to that Meltier single yet? Can't say I have. Well, let me tell you, I have, and it was pretty good. I enjoyed it. I'll uh, take your word for it. Good stuff. Uh, sorry to uh, trigger you in that way. <laughs> I know. It's just, they're my favorite tag team of all time. And my third note was NFT Boo. That was my third note. NFT on the, Boo. On that, on that sequence of videos. Get that shit out of here. The next match was Micah versus Himika in Himika's retirement match or stardom retirement match, at least. Um, my big note was giving my friend a shoot headbutt to say goodbye. Uh, <laughs> Sometimes you just got to do that. Kelly, I promise you when this podcast ends, I will fly to you and I will give you a shoot headbutt. Aw, thanks, bud. We'll film it and we'll post it on our Twitter, JBomb Audio. Uh, <laughs> uh, but I enjoyed this. I wasn't super crazy about it until the last few moments of it, which was sort of like the you're leaving and I'm going to beat you now sort of stuff. B before that, it felt very much like sort of a standard mid-card match, especially between, you know, Mike and Himika, it felt like their sort of standard match. There wasn't a ton that was that I was like, oh, yeah, this is standing out, especially right after two matches that I thought were very good. Um, had a lot to live up to. So never quite got there. Like I went three and a half. I thought it was a good match, but just not really great. See, I really like this one, too. Uh, I also I went four and a quarter on this one. I thought it was great. Just good hard-hitting match between these two definitely emotional uh Maiko is probably the perfect opponent for Himika for her final uh start a match so yeah I thought it ruled and I'm glad that Himika got to go out on a match that was this good and like a on such a big stage but I think she still has her retirement ceremony ahead of her yeah at Corican Hall which we'll talk about in the upcoming uh shows oh um, or at least mention. Uh, yeah. The next match was the Goddesses of Stardom title match. The God's Eye duo of Amisore and Mirai defeating 
the champion Neo Stardom Army team of Nanai Takahashi and you by count out in 12 minutes and 25 seconds. Kelly, what did you think of this first title match of the evening? Sucked. Sucked. Didn't like it. Um, The finish was so stupid. Did absolutely nothing to get God's eye over. Uh, I would argue that the count should have been stopped once uh, they made contact with you to kick her out from getting back in the ring. So I don't think the finish even makes any sense from that perspective. Just a stupid, stupid finish to a match that I wasn't even really into. Uh, I went two and a half stars. That's probably too high. I'd probably bump that down to two now that I'm thinking about it. Uh, I do think that the extensions that Amisore got made her look like an entirely different person, and I was very confused every time she stepped into the ring. Yeah, she really does look very different with the uh, with the longer hair. Uh, my note was, oof, not good, was my note on this match. I just don't understand... I don't understand the finish. There was a long segment in the wrestling observer with Dave trying to justify the finish because I thought, Oh, clearly it's, you don't want to pin these outsiders, but there was all this talk about, Oh, Nanai is going to challenge Mayu for the IWGP title and they don't want her losing right before. But I'm like, this is another thing. It's like, who gives a shit? Yeah. You just had one of these, people mirai win this uh, cinderella tournament like it's not like you're talking about you know two jobbers who are beating yeah. you you know these people are established now they look like idiot like there's something weird going on with mirai that i i don't know if it's me i don't know if i'm disconnected from the whole thing i feel like all the talk online is like mirai is a star she is going to be the greatest wrestler in stardom history. And then I just watch and I'm like, she's now won the Cinderella tournament twice. The second time felt like nothing. Now she comes into a match and it's like, okay, she's high off the win of the Cinderella tournament. And she wins in this sort of cheap way that makes her her look like a goober, but also full on goober mode now but also makes them look like heels to me like winning by count out as you knock your opponent out of the, like off the apron to me, doesn't strike me as like, Oh, a fighting champion. Who's going to win. It's like, no, you look like devious, you know? Yeah. That was a cheap win. And again, I don't think it even made sense. It just feels like, to me, I think the Neo Stardom Army tag team reign was not very good. Bad. Um, bad all around. And this was just sort of a bad end to that. And a ba- like a bad end to one thing that was already bad and a bad start to something new. Yeah. So now you're like, well, the last thing was bad. It ended bad. This is starting bad. Like, you know, <laughs> feels like the whole thing's going to be bad. <laughs> um. But we'll see. You know, I think they're fine wrestlers. Like, a lot of this action, like, the work was fine. But I was just sort of like, okay, this is perfectly fine. You know, hopefully it'll pick up. And then it didn't. 
it was so far and away the worst match on the card. I correct, thought. correct. Yeah, because I did go two stars. Um, you said you were going to change your mind, but I went two stars, and it was by far nothing. I don't think anything else got even close. No, because I no, think when neither... I gave it two and a half, I must have been feeling very charitable. Yeah, like the Rumble. I mean, it's hard to like give stars to the Rumble because it's just such a weird thing but i'd probably go like three yeah that's where i was at on that the 80 ties match you know club venus match i'd go like three and a quarter probably so like two is very far away from either of those yes um so just not good really the the one the one uh bad spot i think really on the show Mm -hmm. but anyway the next match was for the artist of stardom titles the restart trio of Kyrie Natsupoi and Sayori Ano defeating the champion prominence team of Haragi Karumi, Risa Sara and Suzu Suzuki in 16 minutes and 55 seconds i thought this was pretty good until seemingly happens or seemingly the way i feel about almost every prominence match <laughs> is the minute Suzu Suzuki got in the ring with Sayori Ano, it, like, took off. <laughs> the Suzu Ano stuff was so much better than anything else in the match. That was great, yeah. It looked really good, made me want a singles match between them. They were both the highlights. I mean, a good sort of premiere for Sayori to come out and look really good. Suzu is always the highlight of prominence, and now um, has left prominence. <laughs> And looks to be joining uh, Stardom, if not completely full-time, much more full-time, um, which I'm happy to hear. But another match, I ended up, like, by the end, really liking it. I went four and a quarter stars. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, I went. I was at three and three quarters on this one. I liked it a lot, but outside of the Suzu Sauri stuff, I it never grabbed me the way I was hoping it would. Uh, I thought the pacing was kind of weird, just overall. And, like, looking at this match, what a crazy grouping of people this is. <laughs> yeah. This is, a uh, would be like, hey, predict five years from now. You yeah. know, five years ago. <laughs> okay, who will be in the Artists of Stardom title match? Yeah, I mean, I don't think you could predict, I don't think you could predict almost any match on this show. No, Like, no, five years fair. ago? Yeah. You know, but this one in particular is just kind of nuts with the just crazy grouping of people you have here. Yeah, uh, my hope is that Stardom uh, shells out to get a baby metal for Sauri. <laughs> Got to get her real theme music. Well, we'll see. Does anyone in Stardom have non-created theme? Hmm... I don't think so. I don't think I don't think so either. Well, they got to get Baby Metal to make uh, an original song then. I mean, except Mercedes, which I don't think really counts, but yeah. Um, but that was the Artists of Stardom title match, the first singles title match of the evening, the Wonder of Stardom title match. Mina Shirakawa finally knocking off Saya Kamatani in 17 minutes and 56 seconds to become the new Wonder of Stardom champion. And Kelly, we did it. 
We did it. <laughs> we did it. Mission accomplished. <laughs> we have survived one of the longest reigns in stardom history uh, to emerge on a new day. And I'm fascinated to know, we have not talked about this before we got on this podcast, I'm fascinated to know what you thought of this match. I thought it was great. <laughs> I really liked this match. I went four stars. I thought both women killed it. I thought they both did really good. Uh, I felt like <laughs> Saya at one point was looking at her knees asking why her botches were so violent. I thought that was fun. Somewhere Shawn Michaels had a tear in his eye. Uh, it was very cool to see Mina get that big win because she's really worked hard to improve as a wrestler over the past couple of years and she deserves this spot. Uh, and you know what she got? She's got the belt and the whole gaggle of women to show for all her hard work. But uh, really, really the star of this match is, is my boy Daichi. This is an all-time bad performance from Daichi. He fucked up the 2.99 kickout so many times that I typed it out, God damn it, did Daichi ever fuck out that 2.99 kickout? And then my next sentence in my notes is, he fucked it up two more times since I typed that. He was horrible. Just a horrendous referee here. Like, you either can't let him work matches like this, or you need to tell him explicitly, or you don't tell him when the finish is. You can't tell him the finish because then he'll pull up. It just make him call it like a shoot or else he'll keep fucking this up like this. Like it's it all-time bad performance from Daichi. You got it's it's time. Take him behind the barn. Just tell him to think about the rabbits. Well, I don't have anything about Daichi in my in my notes. <laughs> you uh, don't? No. No. I had people coming to me and being like, man, Daichi was so bad in this match. Um, because I was focused on many other things, which, first of all, we 100% agree. One of my big notes was Saya is so NXT pilled. Yes. Um, just like the whole thing with Saya is so NXT to me. Yeah. Like, it's like someone who comes out and just you know, is saying like, oh, we meet again in the arena of combat. Must we forever be locked? And I'm like, just fucking wrestle. Um, <laughs> I was so annoyed. I was so annoyed that the first like four minutes of the match was Mina beating the shit out of Saya's leg. Mm -hmm. She's like, ah, 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 ah. The minute Saya goes on offense, she hits a dropkick and she does a springboard uh, dive. <laughs> and I'm like, literally, the f and, and then it was like, oh, my knee sort of like she'd sort of touch her knee as if to be like, look, I'm selling. But then she'd be fine. And then it would be. It would be like her turn to take Mina's offense again. And then she'd be like, ah, my leg. Oh, it's going to fall off. It's going to come off. Oh, God. And then she'd go on offense and it'd be like, oh, and I'm fine again. Yep. It was like so inconsistent. All the stuff with like, oh, I'm I'm on the, um, you know, I'm on the top rope and I'm thinking about doing the Phoenix Splash but my life is flashing before my eyes. Can I do? I'm like, I don't like go up there and do it. 
that spot only works if you're the one that got hurt doing the move. That's the only way that makes sense. That spot doesn't make any sense if you're like, oh no, I might hurt my opponent. When that's the goddamn point. <laughs> that is what you were supposed to do. You were a wrestler. You were supposed to incapacitate your opponent so you can hold their shoulders down for three seconds. You shouldn't be thinking like, oh, oh geez, oh, God, oh, I hope I don't hurt him. Like, no, that's the point. Um, But I do have to say, I thought Mina was incredible in this match. I thought she was so good. If it were up to me and we split this match in two, I would give Mina four and a half stars. I would give Saya three and a half stars. So I Daichi, ended up... dud. Dud for Daichi. <laughs> So I ended up on four and a quarter um, because there was a lot of it. I really liked, I was happy to see Mina win. And I was like, should I give it four and a half? And I was like, I cannot possibly give a match four and a half where I spent multiple minutes of the match feeling very annoyed. Yeah. Like where I'm sitting there going, what is happening? Why is this happening? Um, But happy to see Mina win. Um, as I'm sure longtime listeners know, know of me and Kelly, like, yep. I'm just ready to see someone. I'm ready to see someone else. Yeah. This, this was a match for us and I'm very excited to see Saya not be the champion in the hobby. It's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We hype ourselves up thinking ah, maybe I can pull a Ken Griffey junior rookie card, But with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view of all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now, when I buy Slab Packs at Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. I was able to open an Arena Club slab pack, and and I'll be honest, it was a lot better than what you normally do. Say you go to a card show, and there's a random innocuous brown bag of cards, and yeah, you can open it, and look, it's going to be junk. You're, you, you know what I mean? Like You know what you're probably going to get in those. Maybe you find that fun, and sometimes I do. Sometimes I like just opening up cards and saying, oh, hey, look at some random cards or whatever, but if you're really in this game to, to find value and find particular cards... It sucks to have to buy these mystery packs, and it ends up being, you know, almost nothing. You know, nothing of value. Not with Arena Club. You can display, again, of all available cards, hit rates, grading, so you know that when you're opening up the slab pack, you are going to get something valuable. You are getting something good. And Arena Club, in addition to having those great slab packs we just talked about, is also a marketplace for card collecting, buying, trading, selling, displaying, all that sort of stuff. But those Arena Club slab packs, man, they are revolutionizing the repack game with transparency. After your polls are revealed, they'll immediately be placed in your vault for safekeeping or trading and selling, and you can have them officially graded by Arena Club as well. So again, setting these things off, it's going to be officially graded by Arena Club. And the Arena Club grading process is accurate, fast, and transparent with full grade rationale provided and explanation of how your card was scored. So whether you're buying, selling, trading, or displaying, Arena Club is the card collecting platform that you have to check out. So right now, I've got a special offer here for Voices of Wrestling Network listeners. You can get 
10% off of your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Now, that's a crazy offer. That's 10% off a $400 slab pack. $40 off right there. 10% off your first purchase. No matter what that purchase is, 10% off. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net for 10% off your first purchase on Arena Club. And we thank them for sponsoring the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. What's going on, guys? This is Rich from the Flagship Podcast here on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. If I could have a moment of your time, I'd like to tell you about one of our sponsors, Eufy Video Lock. Eufy Video Lock is a smart lock, a 2K camera, and a doorbell, all three-in-one offering you triple security so you can have everything in one device rather than installing many pieces on your front door but it's not just for security the eufy video lock is also for convenience no more concerns about losing keys and you can assign passwords to your family members and see them coming back home via the integrated cameras Some other great features we love about the eufy video lock is it is easy to install and set up with just a phillips screwdriver no drilling required keyless entry no more fumbling for keys when your hands are full you never have to worry about kids losing keys or passing among renters you also have 0.3 second 0.3 second fingerprint recognition and one second unlocking again 0.3 seconds it's going to recognize your fingerprints and in one second it's going to unlock and with the ai self-learning chip embedded the more you use it the more accurate it will be also no battery anxiety you have a rechargeable battery in there that could last around four months and you will get a low battery notification before it runs out. Uh, passcode unlocking a remote control with the 2K Clear Sight. See who's at your door and control from anywhere through the Eufy app. With enhanced night vision, you can have optimized view even in the evening. You can also secure your package delivery by view and two-way audio. And then best of all, no monthly fee. A bunch of other brands out there are going to charge you a monthly fee. You have your recordings locally and you never have to pay for storage. Customer service, Eufy's got you handled as well. They are on standby for you 24-7 so you can enjoy a worry-free experience with an 18-month warranty, all backed by their professional customer service team. Contact them anytime by telephone, email, or live chat. Personally, as a homeowner, I love my Eufy video lock. I have the ability to see what's going on when I'm not home, when packages have has arrived, and, and really the thing I love the most about it, the ease of being able to lock and unlock my doors without having to fumble with my keys and reach in my pocket or wait, no, crap, they're in my backpack, all that sort of stuff. All this is happening while my dogs are barking at me. You know what? Not anymore with the UV video lock. I touch it. 0.3 second fingerprint recognition. One second. Door is unlocked. Much, much easier. So if you want to jump on board with Eufy Video Lock, search Eufy Video Lock. That is E-U-F-Y Video Lock. Again, that's Eufy Video Lock, E-U-F-Y Video Lock, or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. 
Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Uh, but I'd, let's check in real fast with Mina's women because Wakasukiyama's got a new nickname. You hear about this, Taylor? I did hear about it, although off the top of my head now, I can't remember the name. Uh, Wakasukiyama is now the Moonlight Fantasy. I don't know why. <laughs> Taylor, we have music you can play. <laughs> yeah, but not that not that does Moonlight Fantasy. I, I don't maybe. Moonlight yeah, I guess. Moonlight Fantasy. Oh well yeah, that's not... this works. Yeah, I guess it's it's yeah, I guess it works. Yeah, there's uh you're you're looking at the moonlight and you're like, what's my fantasy right now? And then Waka shows up and she's like, I can't dance and you're like, Oh, that's fine. Anyway, <laughs> uh, the next match was a knockout or submission only match. Suri defeating Chihiro Hashimoto by knockout in 16 minutes and seven seconds. I believe this would be a technical knockout. Um, if I understand the rules of boxing correctly, because she didn't like punch her and the and the ref was like, get off her. She's knocked out. Yeah, they did the count, right? It was like a count thing, which I think yeah. is a TKO. I think so, yeah. Um, but anyway, it was some sort of knockout. Um, another match I thought was really great. I went four and a half stars. Um, Chihiro came out and was like, I'm not doing any soft moves. I'm going to lay everything in. We're going to do shoot headbutts and just obliterate each other. Um it did feel to me like Siri sort of dominated the match more than Chihiro did. So I was sort of sitting there thinking, oh, Siri's going to like dominate. And then Chihiro's going to get some sort of not fluke, but like knock her out with a flash something and win. So it could be like, well, Siri was winning and then Chihiro got lucky. But then Siri just won. <laughs> um, so that sort of surprised me. But I just thought it was a great match of people just going to town on each other yeah this was really good uh i do need to rewatch it to kind of like reset my expectations because i assumed wrongfully that this was just going to be a more uwf style match and it really was just kind of a normal match where they're throwing bombs but there was also a standing 10 count so it's like my brain was not prepared for what we got so i was like ah, eh, this is i wanted more grappling but so yeah, I I only went three and three quarters, but I do need to revisit it now that I know what to expect and see if I enjoy it more the second time around. So what did you give it the first time around? That is my first time around. I have not revisited it yet. I meant to, and then I totally no. Left. But like your start, like oh, did I not give my stars three and three you? quarters? Oh, okay. Um, I don't know. Maybe I just missed it. Um. So like it was still really good, even though I was disappointed with it. <laughs> Yeah, I just thought it was, like, no holding back. Um, yeah, they went for it. It was really the first of three, and we'll talk about the next two later. Um, this one, I think, to me, had the benefit of being first, so I was like, whoa, they're really going beating the shit out of each other. Mm -hmm. um, which is why I really liked it. The semi-main of the show was for the IWGP women's title and Mayu Iwatani unsuccessful in challenging Kairi.
for that title, defeats Mercedes Monet in 12 minutes and 56 seconds. Yet another title change. Kelly, what do you think of this match? I thought it was good, but it also felt to me like they held some stuff back. Like there's going to be a couple, or a match, or maybe multiple down the road between these two. Uh, more than anything, I was shocked that the title didn't change hands on a New Japan show. I kind of figured that's where the title change would be. But at the same time, I'm very happy to see Mayu win. That was cool. Um, they hung on Mayu's celebration for a long time to where I thought something was going to happen, like she was going to get jumped, but then just went to the back like normal. Uh, and then this also gave me the idea that they kept calling Mayu the icon so much, so now I want to see her versus Sting in the Battle of the Icons. Put put that on Forbidden Door too. Yeah, it was a show where nothing happened after matches. Um, and I kept expecting it, and it's like, oh, yeah. oh, okay, all right. I was like, well, it didn't happen last match, so it's definitely going to happen this match. And then yeah. it never did all show, which I didn't really mind. I was like, oh, it's sort of nice to just be able to be like, oh, the show happened. Great. And not be like, okay, what are they planning next? You know, obviously they have a show coming up, which they put things in place, but just nice to not have those sort of interrupting I'm next because they happen almost every other show. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm next because I decided I get this match. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, I really like this match. I think I'm the high person in the whole world on this match um, based on what, everyone else is saying i thought this ruled i just thought they went out there it was the perfect match of a wrestler sometimes known for being a little bit sloppy um mercedes with someone who's happy to like go out there and be like yeah i'll do whatever like you want me to do these weird things that might gravely injure me okay which is my um (laughs) And it was just like they were going for it. They were doing all this crazy stuff. And it was like people splatting on the mat. And the the one thing I didn't really like was the sort of WWE style um, chatter from Mercedes, which was, oh, like, yeah. you know, I'm the champion. You, you're not, you're not the champion. I'm, I'm the winner. And I was like, eh, cut that. Uh, I don't. When I was watching this match, I thought to like if she really wanted to get heel heat, she should have <laughs> yelled, "I'm the Shinzo Abe of wrestling." I think that would have been great. Uh, I don't know that I agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> I think the people would have loved that, or hated. They would have loved it in a way they could boo. Um, but hopefully, just... no one brought a homemade blunderbuss. It just felt like a demolition derby to me. Um, and I just loved it. I went four and three quarters. Um, wow, that's way higher than me. I ended up at four. <laughs> yeah. Um, so just another match for me. And then the main event was the World of Stardom title match. Tom Nakano defeating Julia in 23 minutes and 40 seconds. I like this match. I went four and a half stars. But it felt like some people were higher than me. I felt like it did hit a point where Shiri, Chihiro, Mercedes, Mayu, and this all sort of felt a little similar. It felt like people just going out there and knocking each other around. 
um, which is great. But I was sort of like, okay, I've like this I've seen. And especially for um, this big match, which has the big story behind it and the many other matches and the hair match and, you know, the things like that felt like it needed a wrinkle, which it didn't have to sort of distinguish it. I swore if you would have asked me in the middle of the show, I would have put a lot of money on the fact that one or both of them was going to be bloody. Where was the blood? What the fuck? Because they had it in the in the lead up, right? Yeah, it was in. It was one of those goddamn press conferences. And so I thought, oh, they bled in the press conference. They'll definitely bleed on the show. And then they never did. And I was sort of like, I don't know. There's something about it. It didn't bother me in the cage match um, last year that just sort of bothered me this year because it just felt like at this point it needs it. It yes. feels very weird to have people go out there and be like slapping and they're like, oh, I hate you, blah, blah, blah. And then you end the match and you're sort of like nice and clean. Um, I know that stardom doesn't do blood, but they clearly do. Cause they did it in the press conference. Yeah. Um, Have they considered they should? Um, so it just felt like a thing that was missing. Like it ended Tom one. I was like, Oh, that's nice. Not that's nice, but, um, <laughs> Oh, that's nice. No, oh, good, good, for uh, her. Yeah. <laughs> good for you. No. Um, just one of those things where. Um, I was like, oh, great. It just felt like it needed that thing to distinguish it from other stuff on this show, which was more sort of like Siri Chihiro was just sort of, oh, we're going to go out there and wrestle um, and see who's better. And it felt like this needed an extra thing of we are blood feud enemies and we hate each other and didn't quite get to that level. Yeah, uh, I I liked this match quite a bit. I, I thought it was very good. I went four and a half stars on it. It was my favorite match of the show. But I was so deflated by the finish. I This is the most disappointed in a match finish I've been in quite some time. Just like, I, I wanted Julia to win here so bad. Like, it's not that I just wanted Julia to have a long run, but it's the fact that she lost the belt to Tom. And it's that's just a real just kick in the ass right there. Like Tom takes her hair, she takes her friend with Natsupoi, and now she takes the belt. Like what when when can Julia be done with Tom? When she when can she come out ahead? Like it Tom is one hundred percent the heel in this feud. Easily. Like, I don't think you can argue any way. Tom is the bad guy <laughs> at any... And you can say, like, oh, she didn't want Tom, uh, Julia to cut her hair. That's just showing pity. Like, that wasn't like, oh, you know, we've come to an understanding. That's, like, that. that's more disrespectful than anything, I think. So it's like, I, I don't know. I It was a very deflating finish to the show for me. So, I... Great match, but it was missing blood, and I do think Julia should have won, unless the story continues. But I don't, I don't know if it does. It doesn't seem like it would. But I don't know. Uh, four and a half stars. I liked it. Very disappointed at the same time. I mean, I was happy 
at the finish just because it breaks the pattern of people winning titles and holding them for 18 years. Um, that it's like, oh, people can lose it in less than 10 defenses of a title, um, which I think is good. And I certainly don't feel as strongly about Tom as uh, you do. I think eventually probably Julia gets the title back again. She better. She better get it back from from this despicable Tom, and has a has a probably longer uh, reign. But I'm sorry, her shitty music. You were so upset. Stupid friend she stole. Hater. Wow. wow. Well, before Kelly really uh, goes off the deep end here, let's move on <laughs> to other things. Uh, what else happened in the last two weeks of Joshi uh, stardom? Had the well, I guess not stardom technically. Bushi Road and Wave had their combined Himika retirement uh, show. I find it interesting that they called it a Bushi Road rather than a stardom and Wave. Well, I think it's a. Uh, I don't know what it is, but I guess it's a workaround. So you're not having it be. I think part of it would be you just presented a match that was like Himika's retirement match. Yeah, I Which suppose. Was in stardom. I don't know that you want to two days later be like, here's a stardom show where Himika's wrestling again. <laughs> Even though I think people sort of understand it. I yeah. think there is a level of like, no, this is a different thing. It's like sort of a, you know, for her, she wants to do this. And it's not stardom. So in stardom, she is retired. You know, not officially because they haven't had the ceremony yet, but... Um, Sort of a, a get around, even though I'm not sure how much that's uh, needed, seeing as many other people in um, not just Japan, but all over the world have retired and come back very quickly. Yeah. And you know, with that retirement ceremony, I have one more shot. One more shot at Himika declaring she's got a lot left in the tank. I don't think it's going to happen now because it would have been so much better if she'd turned on Julia and just became top heel in the company. Yeah, I, I, I'm not feeling good for you. I'm not no, feeling good. No, I think, my, I think the chances have gone down very low. Um, what else happened? Seedling just had a show on the 30th. Oz had a show on the 23rd. Three title matches there. Kaori Yoniyama winning the Pioneer three-way title, uh, taking it from Momoko Hanazono in a match that also had Kohaku. Jaguar Yokota and Mayumi Ozaki are the new tag champions in Oz after defeating Ryo Mizunami and Sonoko Kato. And Akino retained the Oz title over Itsuki Aoki. Uh, Tokyo Joshi had some shows. They had their climb over show on April 22nd, featuring Mizuki and Yuka Sakazaki defending their tag titles against Max the Impaler and Palm Harajuku in a match that I thought was very fun. Also, I was kind of disappointed that it, like, that was a match made for, like, a Kurikan main event. Well, I don't know. Well,. I feel like they, in the booking, don't think about Palm the way we do. Like, I think yeah. their thought is Palm is not going to win. No, that's soon. true. But, like, I think the crowd would have exploded if they gave her just, like, a hope spot. 
So I think they think of it as like, oh, this is a fun thing. People will want to see this, but they also know that the titles are not going to change hands. Yeah. Um, but I thought the match was really fun. And actually, I tweeted about this, but it was the show that I discovered. Um, I don't know how long this has been around because I mainly watch the Tokyo Joshi stuff live. Um, but they have now added uh, chapters on the videos, or at least on this video. Um, oh, it's so there's it's on other ones too. I I went looking just like I clicked okay. open some random Gunbare shows to see if they were doing it with that, and they are. Well, interesting because it wasn't on the show the next day, which I'll talk about in a second. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know if they're testing it. I don't know what they're doing, but the ability to sort of look through the card and see all the matches and just be like, yes, I want to go to this match instead of having to click around and figure out where it is. It's hugely helpful it's Um, so nice it works really well like you click and it takes you right there like it isn't like load 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 it's like i want to go there they also have um options on the bottom now um sort of on the scroll bar where you can then just hit like forward and it takes you to the next chapter like a dvd uh, option which is also really good and i have to say i said this on our twitter but i mean russell universe for the money is like the best service around easily it's the best wrestling streaming service bar none it has the most content i believe you know it has the option on live videos where you can flip-flop between japanese and english commentary very easily you can pick your quality settings which is helpful you know if you ever have any streaming issues now it has this chapter's um, thing it's just really a well-designed you know the it has cast works perfect which yeah. is not always something you can say for other services um so just good on them and also for the match itself a fun match uh worth checking out they had a members only show on april 23rd a lot of sort of silliness not a uh, must-see show, but they did their uh, traditional costume change main event, uh, which was a lot of fun. And then they had a the trios tournament, the winner winning a year supply of Nivea. Uh, that has happened. It is not uploaded yet to Wrestle Universe, so I won't spoil the winner for those of you who haven't watched yet, um, because I think it will be up either on may 1st or 2nd i think it was a three-day delay and it happened on the 29th so the second or maybe the third uh ice ribbon had a show on the 29th totoro satsuki defended the ice infinity title successfully against ibuki hoshi diana had a big show jaguar yakota uh, retaining the elizabeth title and haruka umasaki defeating ayako sato to win the diana title so that a big match and a big result there kelly what else has been going on in the world of joshi uh chaco pro slash gato move had the uh, deadlock pro crossover shows those both happened but they have not aired yet so uh i've stayed away from the results so i i don't have anything for you guys hopefully they'll air soon last i checked uh the air date is tbd uh, but also, there was the Prominence first anniversary show in Curricken Hall on the 24th. Uh, very fun show. 
I shared the link to the show on YouTube on our Twitter. Uh, it's cli- every match is clipped, so that's a little bit of a bummer. I'm hoping the account will upload full matches uh, as the sh- uh, over time. They typically do upload full matches, so this was a little weird to have them just do a full like hour long clipped version of the show. Uh, you got most of the matches for the top two. Uh, there was an Eve title match between you uh, defeating Haragi Kurumi. Uh, but the real bit, uh, money end of the card uh, started off with Jun Kasai defeating Suzu Suzuki in the final match of her deathmatch series. Uh, this was great. Really killer match. Uh, she Suzu took Kasai to the limit in her conclusion of her time with uh, Prominence. Uh, again, these are clipped, so I went four and a quarter. If I saw the full match, my rating might be different. Who knows? But as of now, I'm sticking with four and a quarter for my rating. Uh, and then the main event of the show was a deathmatch trios match with Ritsu Sara, Takashi Sasaki, and Violento Jack defeating Akane Fujita, Masashi Takeda, and Takumi Sukamoto. Uh, this was fucking awesome. Uh, Sarah and Fujita really went out of their way to show that prominence will still be able to carry on without Suzu because they both beat the shit out of each other and took a bunch of crazy bumps. Uh, I This match I really wish wasn't clipped because there was it. What we got was awesome. I went four and a half stars on it. I loved what we got. Uh, so definitely check that out. Like I said, I posted it on our Twitter and hopefully they'll uh, upload the full matches at some point. And Suzu has said she wants to keep doing death matches, so don't know how that's going to happen. Uh, yeah, because especially with her leaving Prominence, which tells me that Prominence outside of Suzu is done in stardom. Because otherwise I see no reason for her to leave, you know? Uh, yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah, so there I would so I think they wrapped up in stardom. But yeah, I don't is she going to work freedoms? <laughs> like that would be cool, but I just don't see it happening. That old classic stardom freedoms contract. Yeah, why not? <laughs> let's just, let's go. <laughs> but that I mean, is... shit, you could you could do that. Like let's just say she starts a tag team with Rina Yamashita. Like that would be fucking cool. I don't think it would happen, but like there, there's something you could do there. Uh, we'll have to see. I don't know. Maybe. Uh, but that's everything that's happened in the last two weeks of Joshi. What is coming up in Joshi? Stardom has a number of Golden Week, smaller Golden Week shows, I would say. But on May fourth, their next big show. The card is another Rumble, the Fukuoka Rumble. Starlight Kid and Ruaka will team to take on Tom Nakano and Sayori Ano. Mayu Iwatani will team with Hanan to take on the Club Venus duo of Mariah May and Jesse. Suri and Konami will take on Natsuko Tora and Momo Watanabe. Julia and Micah will take on Utami and Saya Kamatani. And then three title matches, Azumi, the champion, will defend against the woman who pinned her at the last show, May Sierra, in a high-speed title match. Kelly, do you think this is finally the end of Azumi's high-speed title reign? I think it might be. I feel like this is a good 
opponent for her to lose to because she ran through pretty much everything else. And then with Maceira, you get a bunch of fresh matches. So I think it would make the most sense for this to be the end of it. I mean, I think it has to be because who is she going to lose it to if not now? Yeah. Uh, the semi-main event will be the first defense of the tag titles from Mirai and Ami Sore defending against former champions FWC, Hazuki, and Koguma. Kelly, do you think it will be a zero defense reign for Mirai and Ami Sore? Probably not, but... I don't know. I kind of feel like Azuki and Koguma should win that match. And then the main event will be for the Wonder of Stardom title. New champion Mina Shirakawa will defend against Natsupoi in the main event of that show. Also for Stardom, New Blood number 8 will be happening on May 12th just announced Tom Nakano will take on Tom Nakano in a singles match. Um, Why do they do this to me? Kelly, you Why like her so much, they made him twice. Why well, are they going to be two Daichis refereeing this match? They're both going to be <laughs> fucking up 2.99 pins, jumping over each other like it's the circus. Uh, Waka Sukiyama will take on Aya Sakura. Hanan and Hina will take on the Anaba sisters, Tomoko Anaba and Azusa Anaba, in a karate versus judo showdown. That could be cool. So that should be, yeah, I think that will be a lot of fun. Uh, Mai Sakurai will team with Chen Yoda to take on the very interesting duo of Suzu Suzuki and Mei Sierra. That match rocks. <laughs> uh, who may be the new high-speed champion by that time. Uh, Nanai Takahashi will try to inject some passion into Ruaka. I hope she's successful. <laughs> Miyu Amisaki will take on Momo Watanabe. Ami Sore will face Rina in a Future of Stardom title match. And the main event, the first defense of the New Blood tag titles... For the champions Starlight Kid and Karma, who will take on Lady C and Hanako in Shiver that Sleep main event. Shiver Sleep. And then on May 14th at Corican Hall, it will be Last Jumbo Princess, the Himika retirement ceremony will be happening at that Corican Hall show. Oz has a show on May 14th, which will be the start of their number one tag title contender tournament. Also, Hikaru Shida will be on that show in a three-way match. Tokyo Joshi, two big shows coming up. They have their monthly uh, first of the month inspiration show. Four matches on this card. Mahiro Kiryu versus Gabajichan. Himawari versus Toga. Suzume and Ariso Endo Daisy Monkey will take on Moka Miyamoto and Kaya Torabami. And in the main event, it will be Hikari Noah taking on Sawyer Wreck in a fluorescent light tube death match. Hell yeah. Let's go. Let's t Tokyo Joshi. Let's make it the new blood and guts promotion. 
because stardom won't give it to us. Let's go. Kelly, talk about things you would have said five years ago that it would be Tokyo Joshi becoming the blood, the bloody promotion. Yeah. Um, and not... Maki Ito blades in a match before <laughs> <laughs> Julia and Tom. Uh, so that should be. Look, if nothing else, it will be very interesting to watch. Yeah, that's an interesting show. Like, I, I'm looking forward to this show quite a bit, which should air tonight as we're recording this. Uh, it should. I believe it starts at 6. Um, I believe doors are 6, and it starts at 6.30, so it will be sometime in the early ah, okay. Eastern uh, time hours. Okay. That was a weird way to say that, but uh, <laughs> anyway. And then Tokyo Joshi has their next Corican Hall show, the annual Yes Wonderland event. And the card is Himawari will take on Shino, Suzuki, Hyper Masao, Haru Karashiro, and Runa Okuba will take on Raku, Palm Harajuku, and Haruna Neko. Yuki Kamafuku and Wakana Uihara will take on Mahiro Kiryu and Toga. Ryo Mizunami returning to Tokyo Joshi, teaming with Moka Miyamoto and Kaya Toribami to take on Hikari Noah, Naokakuda, and Yuki Aeno. A fun singles match, Miyu Watanabe will take on Ariso Endo. It will be the Yuki Arai debut second anniversary match as Yuki Arai teams with Maki Ito to take on Yuka Sakazaki and Shoko Nakajima. The semi-main event, Rika Tatsumi, the international princess champion, will defend her title against Suzume. And in the main event, another main event for Sawyer Rec, who will challenge Mizuki for the princess, a princess title. Kelly, do you think we see any title changes on this show? Um, I'm going to go with no. This is a very good card with a main event that could be very bad, potentially. But we'll see how it goes. Um, Kelly, I don't know if you saw the picture. Um, I believe it was from the show on the 29th of uh, Mizuki and Sawyer Wreck uh, going, I guess you would say, face-to-face. <laughs> although that would be <laughs> probably misspeaking. Um, as Mizuki, I believe, is 5-2, and I believe Sawyer Wreck is 6-2. I think um, Mizuki needs to sit on Yuka's shoulders while they're in a trench coat for this match. I don't know. She'll have to do something, but I agree with you. I think the um, matches, I don't know what matches they are, but two through four, I guess, going from the top down, uh, all could be very good. I really like with Rika and Suzume facing off in the semi-main, having their yeah. tag partners face off in the... Um, the other match i think that's super fun i agree with you i don't think there will be any title changes uh but i am very much looking forward to um both of those singles matches and i think the uh yuki arai anniversary match could be very fun as well yeah yeah that should be good yeah overall should be a really good card but again that main event could be a disaster potentially (laughs) Uh, Sendai Girls has a show on May 6th. Two tag matches at the top to Hiro Hashimoto and Yu. Team 200 Kilogram will take on Asuka and Mika Iwata. And Ryo Mizunami and Manami will take on Mayuki and Miyuki Takase. 
in Ice Ribbon on the 14th. They will have Hamako Hoshi's 15th anniversary show. Marvelous has a show on May 3rd, highlighted by Takumi Aroha, the returning, recently returned Takumi Aroha, taking on Unagi Sayaka. So that should be a very cool. interesting match. And then in Wave, it is once again that time of year for the Catch the Wave 2023 tournament. Always a little bit different every year. This year, there are five blocks, um, but two of the blocks are sort of out on their own. The young block, the winner of this block, will get a POP title opportunity against the current champion, Chie Ozora, unless Ozora wins the block. The five-person block is Kazuna Tanaka, who is the recent debuted rookie from Wave, Chie Ozora from Pure J, Yura Suzuki, Himiko from Diana, and Hanika from, also from Wave. There's also the Elizabeth block. The winner will get a title shot at Jaguar Yokota's Elizabeth title. That is Cherry, Yuka Miyazaki, Sakura Hirota, Mizuki Endo, and Kaori Yonayama. And then as to the main catch the wave blocks, the winner of um, each block, they will face off and the winner will get a title opportunity against Hikaru Shida, who is the current Regina DeWave champion. Group A, Asuka, Rina Amakura, Kohaku, Manami, and Haragi Karumi. Group B, Saki, Kakaru Sekiguchi, Miyuki Takase, Riko Kawahata, and Risa Sara. And Group C, Haruka Umasaki, Hikari Shimizu, Ayame Sasamura, Itsuki Aoki, and Yuko Sakurai. The opening, Catch the Wave opening show will be on May 4th. Kazuni, Kazuna Tanaka versus Himiko, Hanako versus Yura Suzuki. Yuki Miyazaki versus Sakura Hirota, Mizuki Endo versus Kaori Yonayama, Kohaku versus Rina Amakura, Asuka versus Haragi Karumi, Saki versus Risa Sara, and Itsuki Aoki versus Hikari Shimizu. So catch the wave, always a fun tournament. Hopefully um, it will get out there and make tape because it's always fun to watch. I like that Wave heard that you like tournaments, so they put some tournaments in your tournament. It's really three different tournaments running all at the same time. It sure is. Um, but I do like that every year they sort of switch up how the tournament works. You never really know going in what's yeah. going to happen, um, which I think is fun. But Kelly, anything else in the world of Joshi coming up? Uh, no. No, nothing else that I could find. Uh, I'm sure Choco Pro has stuff coming up, but they don't have any cards announced. Well, Kelly, then I will turn it over to you for your standard, standard, um, say whatever you want to say. All right, uh, give me some music. Now, I was thinking about this as, I don't know if it's being added to the file. Oh, no. <laughs> um, so it could be that we're just hearing it. You know what? Either way, then let's just let's hear some music. If it All gets right. added, it gets well, added. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Okay, I'll do this one. If it There oh, we go. No. There we go. Wait, no, that's not music. No. Uh, how about this one? Kelly segment. Yeah, here we go. 
All right, cool. So I watched a movie that, Taylor, I think you should watch at some point. It is called New York Ninja. And this was a movie that was filmed in the mid-'80s but was never finished. And a, like, boutique DVD and Blu-ray company, Vinegar Syndrome, bought out a dead movie distribution company to get their stock. And they found these film canisters called New York Ninja... It wasn't ever edited together. All of the audio was lost. So they took this footage, edited it together, hired voice actors to give the the movie dialogue, and put out a finished product. And what you have is New York Ninja, a mid-80s ninja in New York movie where he's going to go beat up some bad guys. And it is a lot of fun. Uh, I have watched a number of other things from Vinegar Syndrome, so I do know uh, all about them, and I have enjoyed many things from them, so I'll have to check it out. Yeah, it's uh, it's a lot of fun. Uh, As far as I know, you can get it from them on Blu-ray, but I think outside of that, the only place streaming it is uh, Cinemax. Nice. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, that is Kelly's... Uh, movie recommendation of the week and that is all for us this week i'm gonna try more music if this doesn't work it's gonna give a very weird vibe to the show (laughs) that we keep talking about this music that no one else is hearing oh yeah oh that's nice i like this so for kelly my name is taylor and this has been another great episode of Jumping Bomb Audio, and we will talk to you again in two weeks' time. Goodbye. Catch y'all on the flippy flop. Hola, hola. My name is Ricardo. I am the host of the Lucha Jovers podcast here in the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. We are a Spanish-speaking show dedicated to discussing and analyzing pro wrestling from all across the world. From AW to CMLL, we talk about American wrestling, Japanese wrestling, and of course, Lucha Libre. If something big happened in the pro wrestling world, we will talk about it. So if you know Spanish or have a friend that knows Spanish or want to practice your Lucha Libre pronunciations, go listen to the Lucha Jovers podcast right here in the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. Nos vemos por ahí.